and welcome back to the What The Fork Sunderland preview show. Sunderland have started their championship campaign in really quite frustrating fashion after back-to-back defeats. Sees us just outside of the relegation spots, but it's two games in. And a win this coming Saturday over Rotherham United at the stadium like we'll do the team and myself and Tony Mowbray and you, the world of good. But can we do it? To let us know what we can expect from Rotherham this coming Saturday is the returning guest, but not for a while, Matt from New York Talk. Matt, um, I feel like it's not been that long, but it has. Are you all right? I'm very good, yeah. It's been it's been like a couple of years now, hasn't it? Um, I, the last time we spoke was before the 5-1. So uh, if we win on Saturday, you might have regretted having me on again, to be honest with you. <laughs> thanks thanks for joining, everyone. That's the end of this week's show. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, the next line here on, on the script, shall we call it? So we've started with two defeats. Um, but you haven't started much better, which is the good news. Um a draw and a heavy defeat, but we'll go back to Saturday's game first. You're 2-0 up, you went down to 10 men. I hear that's controversial. Um, and then you concede two late goals to Sammy Schmodix, which is a great name to say, but I'll not say it, it too is. much because obviously it's a pain in the bum for other <laughs> fans. But how was the performance? And talk to me about that red card because I've read it. I've, I've, that's not a pun. I've read it's controversial. Yeah, so the first 50-minute pre-red card was was a really good performance. The Stoke game was was abysmal. And it was it was really important that we just stepped up. I, I can accept a 2-2 draw. I just wanted to see that there was something about this team. And there absolutely was. Blackburn tried to pass it around in the back a little bit. And we just pressed them pretty high. Not We, we wasn't a crazy press, but we just pressed them pretty high. And they, they just completely ran out of ideas within about five minutes, to be honest. Um, we we didn't have much of possession, but when we had the possession, we were pretty good with eleven men. Um, and had had it stayed eleven men, we'd have gone on to win that game. If it wasn't didn't stay two 0 it would have gone three to four. We we were so much better than Blackburn. It wasn't even a contest. They they just weren't in it at all. Then <laughs> then comes the Bobby Madley show, as as we as we now refer to it. So anybody anybody that hasn't seen it, Fred on you didn't score the second goal, which was. Fantastic diving header, just one of the best type of goals to watch. It was great. Um, he went and celebrated towards the fans, and the momentum of his foreign fellow players pushed him into the crowd, which, as we know, is unfortunately a yellow card. Uh, less than 90 seconds later, he got hacked down. The Blackburn player should have been booked, wasn't booked. Fred gave it one of those imaginary yellow cards, and Bobby Madley has decided that under the new implementation of regulations, that's a yellow card. Uh, there was no conversation, but it was right here's the yellow card and off you go. And you sort of went, yeah, I, I get it. It's technically by the rules. I can, I, I don't like it. I don't like either rule, to be honest with you, but I can accept it. But I'm going to say I'm going to like I'm really whinging and moaning here, so sorry. <laughs> sorry, everybody. Um, and you, But we can move past that. Then there comes an incident. There was an incident in the first half one of our players got booked for kicking the ball away. Now, again, under these new things, kicking the ball away is like the worst thing you can do it and it's booking. Fair enough. Sammy Smodix kicked the ball away in the second half, having already been on the yellow card and didn't get the second yellow. Went on to score both goals to make it 2-2. Um, really frustrating. Like I said, up until the the, 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 the the red card, we were brilliant. And, and to be fair, and I, I think the players have a lot of credit, up until when this, up until the first goal, I thought we were brilliant. We really kept them at arm's length. Yeah, they had a lot of ball because they got an extra man. But we we really we really pushed them and, and didn't allow them to have much time and space in the key areas. Um, but it just hurts still, so, you know, it's just one of those we've all been there as football fans where referee has made a mistake or, or one thing or the other and just ruins your weekend. Um it was tough to if if we played rubbish, 
then it might not hurt as much to be honest with you. But we were so good, so much better than them pre-red card. Um, it's it's took a lot out of me to be honest this weekend. <laughs> I've got a question for you because you can actually answer this. Um, I know my answer, and you probably know my answer by the fact I'm asking it. But League One referees bad, Championship referees worse. Oh, it's, it's crazy how much worse they are. I don't really. Well, I do understand. So I've, I've got theory on it that. Championship referees are full-time, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Championship refs are full-time, but so they're full-time, but they're not good enough for the Premier League. So that means they get stuck in the Championship, whereas League One and League Two are still part-time, as from, again, from my understanding. So we get the Keith Strouds of the world and the Gavin Wards and all these people that aren't good enough for the Premier League, and they get stuck at the second... That's my theory, anyway. <laughs> I'll take the theory, but I'm pleased you agree, and it's not just me. Um the next question I feel like, based on what you've just said, obviously doesn't really make sense. But for people who don't know, it's the second red card you've had in successive games. You've been down to 10 in, in two games. Obviously, yeah. that second one, I can understand it, but yeah, I kind of get why it ruined mm. you again. But is there a worry that there's a, a discipline issue already? Was the red card against Stoke also not a red card? Yeah, we got an apology from the PJMOL about the <laughs> second. Cafo Ka- Ka- got booked two, two yellows. Um and the, the the second one, he got the ball. He, clear, he got the ball and be touched the man. It might have been a foul if you're that way inclined. It was never in a million years a yellow card. Had an apology. Uh, it looked bad on paper. You know, if you like, if you look across League One Championship in League One, nobody else has got a red card. I don't think we've got two top of one table at least. Um, so it, it shouldn't be. But then you never know if 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 the if the Matt Taylor or the club or the players get something about them, it may become an issue because they think the world's against them. Um, it shouldn't be an issue. <laughs> I hope. If it's the third one this weekend, I will start to worry, though. It's funny you mentioned Stoke it being a red card down there and the lad winning the ball. I remember, I can't remember who the referee was, but Wes Brown got sent off for probably the best tackle I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, and it obviously got rescinded. And I've never yeah. seen Gus Poyet's mouth bigger. And it's a big mouth. <laughs> um, but he was flabbergasted. And I think I still am, to be honest. It was on Charlie mm. Adam who went down like he'd been shot even though he got the ball taken. I'm not better. It's only 10 years ago it happened. Um, ultimately, yeah. it was a 4-1 defeat against Stoke, right? And, and yeah. I know that's never how you want to start a season. Um, was it a 4-1 game or was it another one where the red card kind of killed it? No, it was, it was probably a 4-1 game. We, we, the, the red card happened, I think, at 3-1. I think we'd got one back. We were three. We were, we, we were 1-0 down inside half an hour. And Stoke were brilliant. They we, they did not let us breathe for a second, and they were just completely on us from the word go. Um, which was strange. It had, it had a really positive preseason. The, the transfer business is not. No, we haven't signed ten players, but the, it's been an improvement. Man for man, that's coming. Other than losing Ogbeni to to Lutland, it's been bit, there or thereabouts a, a a really good summer. And then we come into the positive and the positive to get sucked out of the club inside fifteen minutes, which which was tough. But it may, it may it may have been a good wake up call, but yeah, it, it was awful. Um, <laughs> there's no playing around it. We were really really bad. Uh, we got done for pace. We got we couldn't look after the ball. We couldn't, we couldn't get out of our own half. We scored straight after half time after making a sub or two. But I think that's got stuck. Took the foot off the gas. The game was done. They 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 knew what they knew what they knew what they were doing. Um, and any momentum was then killed by the I'm sorry by the second second yellow card for Cafu. And then they scored a fourth goal. It, it was a concern because we just couldn't defend set pieces and crosses. Three out of the four goals came from crosses. And I think on day one, that's one of the things you should have been working on. So it was a it was a worry. But that hasn't in the cup against Morecambe and against Blackburn, that, it, that was clearly a one-off in terms of that side of things. We, we looked really strong. 
out wide. I think it was a bit of a wake-up call, certainly for fans. We all came in sort of thinking, oh, we'll be fine this season. We we could slip into a boring 14th place finish. So it might have been quite a good wake-up call to think this was not going to be as easy, as simple as we all think it is. Um, could have done without another game ruining my weekend, to be honest with you. Um, but now we look back, I think that's probably why Blackburn game was so performance was so good because that was so bad and that was needed. Um, but sure, we have got it in our locker to be beaten quite badly, which is, I don't like. I'm going to say, though, the, the Blackburn game, it sounds like, I know it's obviously not in, a, in the right way, but it seemed to have allayed any worries that you're not mm. going to get battered this season. Because I think, you know, I know you finished 19th last year, look, and I know 19th isn't always, like, the best position on the planet, but five, clear, five points clear of relegation, yet had almost got the tag of, like, the championship Norwich. It was a bit yo-yo-y. Um, yeah. And you were relatively comfortable. You were never really down there from my memory. Um, how successful was it that you, you stayed up and you were so far clear of relegation? Because I know 19th was only three places, I think, but five points is a decent gap. Mm. Yeah, it is absolutely. The, the yo-yo was talked about a lot. First, as, as the season got on, it, it was even more talked about. Um, to finally break, it was just such a relief from the club. Uh, it was just... You've gone three successive championship seasons and certainly the last one we, we conceded an 87th minute goal to get relegated. To sort of kill those demons was was absolutely huge. Um, I, don't, I don't think we were in a relegation zone for a single day last season. And I think that for a team that were probably favourites to go down, I, th- I think that's a massive credit to Paul Warren to start with. Um, but Matt Tillers has so much credit for taking over a team that isn't his, that's so ingrained in, a, in another man's ideas that he came in and was able to adapt that gradually. Uh, with some quite, there was quite big bumps in the road, but he was able to adapt it and like I said, still with basic ease. And there was we lost to Cardiff late April, mid late to mid April, and there was a little bit of worry, but we were never probably more than less than we were never less than two points close uh, adrift. To, to the relegations, and so realistically, it was safe, relatively safe. But as as we all know, as football fans, we never felt safe. We didn't feel safe until the final whistle at the Middlesbrough game. And for for us to we had that we had the final day of the season for the first time in about eight years. The final game was meaningless, and we took four and a half thousand fans to Wigan, and it was a terrible game. But it was great because we could all just relax and have a you know to have a good sing song and farewell the players that were leaving. Um, it was a huge season based on the previous three championships. It was such a such a success. I and mean, we've got to try and build on it. That's, that's the challenge for Matt Taylor, I suppose, to try and build on it if you can. A difficult second album. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> one player that probably is not really registered on, on the Richter scale for Rotherham, but he definitely does for us, especially over the, the past few years. And I know he had, I think, seven games after getting injured for his, um, so obviously left Sunderland now, but you had Bailey Wright on loan second half of last season. And I think, look, Bailey's someone we all massively respect, an absolute mm-hmm. warrior of a man. And whilst he wasn't the most technically gifted centre-half we've ever had, and he played for us in our worst period at League One, um, everyone loved him and he played a huge part in where Sunderland are at the moment. But how did Rotherham fans take to him? I know he was only there seven games, but um, did you love him almost as much as we did? I don't think we'll do as much as you guys. I don't, I don't think he had a chance to do it, but he, he certainly was popular. His, his debut is 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 very famous. I think he lasted about six seconds before getting knocked out. Um, <laughs> that was felt so bad for him. Um, I mean, then missed two two more games for a concussion uh, from concussion protocol. But yeah, he, he's he's that old fashioned centre half. I just felt he'll put his head where it hurts. He's not particularly fast, like he's not particularly skillful, 
but I would want him if I was building a team, I would want a player like him in my in my in my defense. Um we we wait sometimes we wait around after the game for, for to speak to a few people that work work at the club. And every time Billy Wright comes back, he would just have a minute and just talk to you. And he was just such a nice guy. He's got such a lovely Australian accent as well. He does. So, <laughs> he just, he just, yeah, all time world for him. And uh, there's a Singapore anti, which is an odd move, but I'm sure it's a lovely place to live. But hopefully he has a, a success, successful career. Not a bad word to say against him. I think he got sent off on his debut in Singapore, but then I think he scored a brace a couple of games later. So, yeah, you know what? When World War Three happens, which is seemingly inevitable, um, I would like Bailey in the trenches, shall we say. Correct. Uh, big fan. Um, in terms of players that you, you have brought in, obviously six players, I think it is in total. You've got Dylan Phillips. Some fans will remember him as the, the goalkeeper for Charlton, who let that goal in in the playoff final. Grant Holt came in from... Borough, uh, Andre Green, former Aston Villa Academy product. I think he's came from um, abroad somewhere in in Europe somewhere. Um, and then you brought in a couple of loan players. But on the flip side, you've you've obviously lost. Um, Ogbeni has gone to Luton, which is a big loss. And, and Wes Harden's gone to Millwall as well. So how do you hit the transfer window for them? He seemed relatively happy with it. Six players is a, a good amount to bring in as well. Yeah, it is. I think with Chilo Ogbeni is the, is the big loss. Um, we, we bought him from Brentford for nothing. And it, as as, you, as again, as, as we're football fans, you see this guy come in as a kid and he's, he's gone away a man. And I know we haven't got, I've got a fee for him, but it's, it's quite a coup for the club that we've managed to take this guy and make him into a Premier League player, obviously with his own hard work as well. He deserves some credit. Um, but to see him go and make his debut in the Premier League at the weekend is Really, it's great, and Chio's a great guy. And if anybody's ever anybody ever spoke speaks to him, you'll know he's such a nice guy. Isn't he's so great? But he's impossible to replace. There isn't just another for us. We can't go spend five million quid and just get another Chio Benny off off the off the shelf. We bought on you, Dimnarino. He's a similar player, wide player, a bit of pace, probably a bit more physical than Chio. Obviously, suspense. You you won't see him this weekend, but he is he is a similar kind of player. Um, but he's the only one that sort of. Noteworthy, we lost Dan Barlow in January. We've managed quite well without him. Um, but so to say that we've lost a few players, but only one's significant, I think that's that's good from that side. That's good. Um, and then we've brought in last like, the, the few players. Cafu from Forest is maybe the, not the marquee signing, but the name that sort of jumps out is he's, he's an all action midfielder, not the Brazilian one for the record. If Sadly, not the Brazilian one. <laughs> Hang on a minute, <laughs> I think he's quite old now. And he's a midfielder, yeah. not a right back, but he is called Cafu. He is, yeah. Portuguese, this one. Um, <laughs> not Brazilian, sadly. Um, but yeah, he's just he's a bit of a mad Portuguese guy. He's got, he's got a wicked free kick on him, but he got sent off. Uh, he got booked. He's had two games, three yellow cards. So that's the kind of player with you, that you are dealing with. Two of them were, were justified. Um, but he's a good, good, fun all action. We have another signing which should be announced before the weekend work permit permitting. I mean, we waited three or four weeks for this work permit. But by all accounts, Christ, 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 Taihi. I think that's how you say it. It's probably not. He was at Wigan last season on loan. He's you attempted uh, it, not me. <laughs> um, but he's, he's, he's come, come from uh, Sloven Liberec, I think, is coming from. Uh, central midfield, uh, ball playing, from what I understand. I don't know too much about him, but a bit of all ball player. So if he's, fit, if he's signed, which he should do by Saturday. That'll be good for us with the bodies in the midfield, and there's supposedly another loan coming in. The transfer is it's been actually the players were signed are better than we've ever signed. We, we would never sign Cafu in the past. We on you as a proper championship player. Grant Hall's injury pro, but again, a very, very good championship player. And if Andre Green ever hits his potential, you've got a great player in Andre Green. 
So we are we are shopping in a different market. Um, so maybe it was Matt Taylor's phrase, I think, which I think is almost an exact quote from him. Um, and it, it breathes excitement for the club, from the, from the fans and everything else. 4-1 lost to Stoke brings that excitement level down, obviously. Um, but we've got two loans. I think we will use the full quarter of five. So I think there's still three loans to come in plus Tiaghi who put coming on a permanent. So we're looking okay. And with the performance on Saturday as well, I think we are only a, a couple, two to three signs away from being said that now. I think I think we'll I think we look like a championship team. I think man for man, we look like a championship team. We just lack a bit of depth. That's all it is. I think you were the first last season, you were the first side to beat us. I think we were unbeaten from October to like March, and you were the first mm. team to, to beat us. So Mm. The pedigree is definitely there. Not that I'm overrating us, but we weren't in good form. And I think touching on um on your dimwer before for any Sunderland fans who um recognise the name, he was the player that when he was at Luton last year. I don't know whether you know this, but there was a young autistic boy, non-verbal, um, and on okay, like, yes. autistic and went to the game and stuff. And I can't quite remember what it was, but I think he like he'd met him and he took his photo with him and he sent him down and signed mm. Luton shirt and stuff like that. And he he really looked after the kids. So. Um, in some ways, I'm hoping he's not suspended this Saturday. Has he had his red card? Uh, second, oh, yellow. second yellow. Ah, no. oh. oh, that's crap. Yeah. It but is. I'm all right for us. <laughs> or, like, for you, it's great. <laughs> yeah, for us, it's good. But um, look, I mean, you, you talk about the, the way the team is and stuff like that. I think um, the second season syndrome is hard. We're going to have mm. it as well, and also, and if you don't mind me saying, it probably historically slightly more successful in Rotherham. Oh, yeah. But we're still in the same sort of boat in terms of where we were, although we had that great season last season. But if you were to finish, well, I don't know, you said 14th before. What do Rotherham fans want? What's like the height of the ambition? What's sort of the expectation? Same again, and then just keep gradually pushing one or two places up here or there? I think so, yeah. I think if you offered all Rotherham fans just, just survival, you know, a point above, above, above safety, with everything that's going, you know, with budgets and everything else, I think you've you've got to take that. You, you know, from last season, the championship last season was not a good league. The championship this season is a is potentially going to be one of the great, one of the best in terms of quality. So we've we've got that to contend with being the smallest, one of the smallest fish in the league as well. But I think safety is is not minimum, but that that's I think I think that will be that will be great again. It'll be another good achievement. And I think for the club as well, you look at next year's Sky deal coming in. That if we can stay up and get a bit more, you know, a bit more cheddar from Sky in terms of that new deal, again, that that might be able to push us on to a next level. With Matt Taylor has come in and really spoken about trying to progress the club. We had him on our podcast, and we we had, we had one of the questions we asked was, well, "How do you feel about the teams like Rotherham Tag?" And he sort of talked about that we, we want to move away from, "Oh, it's always Rotherham," or you know, it, it, almost a victim club. But we, we do sometimes because we're little old Rotherham. He talks about trying to move away from that a little bit. Um, and I think that's really important. If you prove the training ground, he talks really, really well. I really like Matt Taylor, the way he speaks and how direct he is and honest, direct and honest. There's no sugarcoating like Paul Warren did at times. Um, I think we can move forward. I think he is the right man to move us forward. But it's also a massive season for him. If he succeeds this season with us, his career trajectory could be anywhere. You know, if he if he could go into another, another big championship club and potentially be a Premier League manager, if he gets us relegated, then again, for him, it, it's, it's a big season for him as well as the club but we could be a really boring team this year 14th place I don't think is out of the question or, or something really boring like that and I think we would obviously celebrate that um, but I am fully aware that it's probably going to be a dogfight again and I think it's most of the fans are prepared for that 
we can dream of just having a boring season. One day, one day we'll have a really boring season. It's going to be great. I just don't know when it's going to be. Well, we thought last season was going to be boring for us, and then we went and did the playoffs by accident. Um, and we were like, <laughs> what, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> and then it was like, yeah. like, oh, hang on, we're here, so why don't we just try? Um, but yeah, boring seasons tend not to exist with something, and I get the feeling Rotherham might be the same, unfortunately, or yeah. maybe fortunately for you, I don't know. Um, I'm looking at you content, like, it? it does. Yeah, I mean, it's great for us. Great for us. Like, <laughs> like I think there was one game where I did a. I don't think I've actually done a game where it meant nothing all the way through. I can't imagine yeah. doing a preview for. Oh no, I think I tell a lie. I did. I did a preview show when we played Northampton behind closed doors. It meant nothing. I just. I, I honestly could be bothered. I feel like that now, but that was when I was fresh and young. Do you know what I mean? And I enjoyed yeah. doing this. So, um, I think looking at your current lineup, obviously it is a few names that pop out. Uh, Cameron mm. Humphreys at the back. Former Academy, uh, City, Manchester City Academy player who, interestingly, if you look at the photos of him as a Manchester City Academy player, very much a, a young boy in the City Academy mold. He's gone to Rotherham, he's grew his hair, grew a bit of a beard, and it's like, ma'am, it's not a phase. Um, but he's actually grown as a player as well. And I think most people, the big name that will stick out is Jordan Hugel, who mm. has scored goals for numerous clubs in the, in the championship for the past few years. But who are the players that we maybe don't know of that have started the season quite well or, or someone that we might not be aware of that could cause us some damage on Saturday? Uh, so, Oliver Rathbone's one you probably know because he scored, he scored at New York Stadium, but Oliver Rathbone is a real driving force and I think he's underrated by the rest of the world, to be honest with you. He's got so much in the locker. He's, he's pretty quick for a midfielder. Not very tall, but he's, he will never, ever sh- shirk a fight. He will be the first man in there. Um, he's set vice captain, so that tells you obviously how highly he's thought of by Matt Taylor and the team behind him. Uh, if, if we play well, if we, Oli Rathbone plays well, we tend to play well. I, I don't think I've ever seen him have a bad game and us, uh, sorry, him have a good game and us have a bad game. He's, he's just one of those type of players that uh, you watch him and you just want to follow him, you just want to run after him. You'll never catch him, obviously, but you just want to run after him. Um, he's 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 always one to watch. Um, I think the thing with the Blackburn game, there's nobody else that stood out. And I, I, I'm, and that's not saying nobody else played badly. It was just a great team performance. Um, Dex Dylan Bikiso is a full-back, right-back from... He's on loan from Wolves, 19-year-old kid. Where he's got pace to burn. Uh, again, not not frightened. He'll get stuck in. Um, but he's only he's very, very raw. He's, he's now on to his second senior game ever. So he's very, very raw. Um, Lee Peltier would probably have played, but he's out for about three months with a car strain. Uh, but, but yeah, as you mentioned, Cameron Humphreys, uh, John Dougal are key. John Dougal's a chap, again, talk about being champ, he's a proper championship player. This, these are not the players that, and this, whether this was Paul Warner or whether the owner, owner while Palmer was there, that would he would have never come to us under Paul Warner. But he scored five goals and he's, he's, he leads from the front, is a, is a great presser, uh, and very, very experienced. Cam Humphreys is such a good player, he is such, such, such a good player. It's, it's the Man City connection is is obvious. You you can see it within five minutes. He's a Rolls Royce of a player. I think this is the season that the rest of the championship steps up and maybe sees how good he is because he's got just about everything he needs. He can win headers. He's he's quick. He's got the skills. He's one of them players that you can. You know, John Stone steps into midfield. Cam Humphries is probably going to do that at some stage in his career. Um, he doesn't really make mistakes, and I'm touching all the wood I can find at the minute. But he, he's never really made a mistake <laughs> until Saturday. Um, <laughs> yeah, own goal. Um, yeah, he's still a bit kind of, but yeah, Cameron Fries and Cameron Fries is, is one of my favourites at the minute. I, I absolutely love that man. To Such be fair, player. 
you mentioned Rathbourne there before. He had a really good game when we got B two one in March, I think it was. Uh, I think he got the first, and I, I do remember him really sticking out. He was he was great that night, and mm. probably the reason you won. But I think you know we came up from League One together, as we've sort of touched on. Um, and admittedly, I think Sunderland fans will remember when you came up against us. Obviously, you beat us five one. We got lucky in the one one draw um, at the time, but it all worked out. We won the playoffs, and it was all good. But I think at the time, Rotherham just looked physically better stronger more equipped to win that league and win that division mm. but then last season look you had a good season but we finished 19th but we did finish sixth by accident i think yeah. um but as a championship club that knows Sunderland better than most did the way that Sunderland ended last season surprise you or was it kind of not expected but well was it a surprise to you not really, no. To be honest with you, I always expected. I, I, I knew from day one that Sunderland were never going to be in trouble. There was, there was Sunderland were never ever going to be in a relegation fight. That was that was very clear and obvious. Um, maybe I didn't expect the playoffs, um, but the the, the the times you brought in Jack Clark and a permanent and 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 Ross Stewart when he when he was fit, Sims when he was here was a great signing. Um, I was just, Diallo as as we talked about earlier. Diallo was was an immense signing. If you're able to bring those kinds of players in, you're always going to be talking with the right people in in terms in terms of the league. Um, it's going to be a similar similar story this season, probably with Ipswich, where they've recruited very very well. They've got a great young manager, and I think we're going to see that. So I think when teams like Sunderland and Ipswich finally get out of that damn league, I think the bottles that you know you take the top off. Norwich did it. Norwich go back to back a few years ago, so you, it's not unheard of um, to do it. Uh, and yeah, I, I was. I wouldn't say I'm happy to see it. Actually, I'm a neutral. I don't, I don't mind either way. But it's a good story for a team to come out of League One and just just go again, just to, to pro- progress again instantly. Uh, and I've met, we were talking about Tony Mowbray. I really like Tony Mowbray. I think he's a really good. I think it was a really solid appointment at the time. And as it's shown out to be, I think he's he's he, he feels like the right man at the right time for you. To be honest, yeah, absolutely. I, I can't disagree with that. I think. One or two decisions here or there with substitutes here and there, maybe. But I'm, I'm literally, I'm, li- I'm really picking, picking bones there. Like I love him. Yeah. I think he's great. Um, I don't have any granddads, so he is my granddad. Um, <laughs> I did have them. They're just dead. Uh, <laughs> from like, why did I go so grim? Um, from the outside looking in, look, we started the first two games of the season with really narrow. Unlucky defeat where we've probably been the slightly more dominant side. And we've touched on your podcast about Sunderland's lack of strikers. Fans won't want me to be going over that again. And hopefully we'll have one in come Saturday. But do you think Sunderland can repeat last season's success? Um, I'm not saying you think it's a flash in the pan, but obviously the league is the league is more difficult. Do you think Sunderland mm-hmm. could repeat it again? Or do you think it's going to be maybe a little bit less? I think they'll be. In, I think again they'll be in the same same part. I think you you've probably got the two teams, Leicester and Southampton, who will probably probably walk away with the league. And then I think you've got a pot of eight other teams that are probably going to be vying for the playoff playoff spots. And I can't see why Sunderland. Like I said, the striking issue is is a, is glaring to be honest with you. When you when you played at our place last season, that was an issue. That was a clear issue at the time of Gelhart um, a striker. And it didn't. It obviously didn't work. Um, Ross Stewart being injured is, is obviously a killable. Any, any team in this in this league and some teams in the Premier League would probably miss a Ross Stewart type player. So it's a really obvious thing to say. But yeah, you, recruitment's been solid. I think it's been fine. But you look at it and think, yeah, he's probably good. Bellingham's one good, good one for the future. Like you mentioned, the the, the young striker you signed, that's good, maybe good for the future. 
he needs somebody for now. And I expect Tony Mowbray to be pushing for that. Tony Mowbray seems like the kind of guy who needs experienced heads, likes experienced heads. I'm surprised he hasn't sort of got his way yet um, in that. But there's no reason why Sunderland won't be in, actually, certainly in the conversation, I think. Hope so. Don't want to do that relegation thing again. Don't hold that. <laughs> Had enough of that. Um, I've t- I've touched on a lot, and I've put on the review shows and the preview shows about like the strikers and stuff. But on, on a realistic note, I know we have good players and, and players that can cause damage to mm. teams like Rotherham um, on Saturday. <laughs> um, there we go. I had to get it in. Um, in regards to the players that, because I, I remember obviously the three 0 up here. I remember Jack Park was outstanding. Um, Ross Stewart scored mm. two that night. Is there any particular players that you think could cause Rotherham damage? Where particularly maybe you're weak and, and you think we're particularly strong from what you've seen of us? Which players are do you fear, quote unquote? I think Jack Clark's the obvious, and I think again it's really boring, but you probably get this from both good. When Jack Clark's on it, Jack Clark's just on it. He's just a great player to watch. Um, he's at times unstoppable. I think it was a third goal. I think he scored at, at your place last season. Um, he just, yeah, I, he was obviously higher rated. I think it's difficult when he was highly rated at Leeds and it didn't quite work out. He went to Spurs and, and didn't quite work out. It, it feels like he's found a home, um, which which often happens. Uh, and you've managed to, so far, in touch with for you guys, you've kept, you've managed to keep hold of him so far. Okay, um, so if Burnley are listening, he said he's found a home there, and that's not a Sunday <laughs> fan saying that. That is a Rotherham fan saying that. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. If he if he could, you know, stub his toe or something on Friday, um, <laughs> twist his knee, so just something very minor, that would be really helpful. Just a um, one game was. Yeah, exactly. Just just nothing. Just just you know. I guess a bad cough and I just nipped away and just to make sure it's nothing serious. Just something like that. Be, you know, nothing, nothing too serious. Could he play um, if he had the shits? I really, really like him. And could, he play again, sorry. Had, could he play if he had the shits? Uh, I mean, he probably could. He might have nip off every 10 minutes, though. Yeah, rolling subs. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go with that. That's a mild one. You can have the shits yeah. for a week. Bad curry. Um, <laughs> God, I hope not, because we'll be knackered. Um, <laughs> this is how we sent it forward at the minute, I think. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I've already given my prediction on on yours. Um, I think we'll just sneak it to one. I do fancy it. I think, again, and with all due respect to Rotherham, I think it's a game you need to look at winning. Neither mm. of us have had great starts, so you'll think exactly the same. Um, I think it's far tougher than what we anticipate. But I think we need to get a win, and I think we will, but narrowly. So I've said 2-1, but I wouldn't be surprised with a 1-0. But um, Matt, I get the feeling you might feel a bit different. Yeah, I think... Your poor start has emboldened my prediction, to be honest with you. Um, I think if you can if you can put pressure on Sunderland at home, it's not it can be a tough place, a really tough place for players um to play. So having been two losses. So if we can get an early goal and keep the pressure on, uh it's certainly we won't be comfortable. I can't see it being two or three nil. I certainly could never see that. Um, certainly from what we've what we've seen from us so far. Um, but I will go the opposite of you. I'll go two one win. I suspect we'll go hopefully maybe go two nil up and then one go back and then we'll probably be have no nails left by about five o'clock or half five whenever it finishes on, on Saturday night. That would be the worst if you went two nil up. I've been in those atmospheres before, so I hope that isn't the case. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Matt, I've obviously been on your podcast as well. So if people want to put themselves through suffering listening to me twice, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, so New York Talk, we're on YouTube, um, which will be, we have a preview and review, and same podcast for iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, search New York Talk and you'll find some 
three blokes from Rotherham chatting nonsense. Sounds very similar to mine, just with the word sun then put in <laughs> instead. But Matt, good catching up. I hope you have a horrible weekend. Um, but a good weekend after that. And same to you. As expected <laughs> and as anticipated. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Cheers, mate. <laughs>